Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. This episode of the Crunch Time Podcast is sponsored by Whataburger, specifically the one at Timmins and Westheimer. When I'm watching sports, there's nothing I love more than a good burger, and Whataburger's got me covered. And if you use code CRUNCHTIME at checkout, you could get a coupon for a free Whataburger. Our first topic for today has to do with the end of the NFL season, the champions being the Kansas City Chiefs. And the question is, can they repeat as NFL champs? I think that the Chiefs definitely can repeat. And the biggest reason is because they have Patrick Mahomes. Now, I understand that Patrick Mahomes is probably going to get paid this offseason, and he is going to make a lot of money, and that is going to cause the Chiefs to need to get rid of a lot of players. Maybe they can't re-sign some key defensive players like Chris Jones, who was instrumental in their Super Bowl victory, but I still think they still have that offensive core of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill, and those three players are arguably the best at what they do. Tyree Kill is the best deep, like, go-route runner in the NFL. Travis Kelsey, the best receiving tight end. And Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback. So just because of those three pieces, I think that they have a chance at repeating. Not to mention Tyron Matthew, who was the leader of that defense, who was voted team MVP by the Chiefs, not Patrick Mahomes, Tyron Matthew, he is still under contract for the next three years. So I think that the Chiefs are still returning most of their key players, and they still have the best quarterback in the NFL. So of course they can three-peat. I don't know if they will, but I think they definitely can. The problem with that is I don't think the Chiefs can repeat next year, just for the fact that in those games where they were back down, back back into the corner, when they were down ten against the Titans, when they were down against the Texans, what happened? What had to happen is um, their defense had to step up in those games, get get those turnovers, and then Patrick Mahomes could work. If the defense can't get stops, then how is the Chiefs supposed to score? Defense without offense, you can't do that. So I think with the Chiefs losing such defensive keepers, I don't think they'll just lose Chris Jones. I think that Patrick Mahomes will wait until Deshaun Watson and other players get paid, see how much they they get paid, raise the bar up, and that will put the Chiefs that it will make them broke for their defense. And I think they won't just have to get rid of Chris Jones. They'll have to get rid of other players as well who are also free agents that we don't acknowledge. Their defensive line is still under contract, which is a key part of the Chiefs' defense. So I will think they will be contenders, but I don't think they'll take it all next year. So first off, Ben, I'm going to have to disagree with you that Patrick Mahomes is going to wait until he sees what other quarterbacks, you know, his age, like very good as, as him, see what they're going to make on their contract and then decide what he should get. Patrick Mahomes is worth whatever, any money that any team can offer him. Patrick Mahomes is one of a kind. Patrick Mahomes is playing the best football of any quarterback ever right now, in my opinion. And so I believe Patrick Mahomes will not wait. And whether there will be a contender for next year, definitely. Want to know why? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can be put into any offense. And using that offense, he can become not obviously not a Super Bowl winner, but they can be a playoff team. But adding the fact that they're getting Tyreek Hill back, they're getting back Travis Kelsey, they're getting a big part of their team back, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think they'll anyone be able to stop them for the third year in a row. And I think that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl next year. 
See, Jacob, that's where I disagree with you. That's exactly the problem for the Chiefs next year. The Chiefs' offense will be perfect and in complete shape. They still have Tyree Kill, their deep player. They still have they still have a very deep offense. Their offensive line has stepped up. They they're getting resigned. I think that the Chiefs' offense will have any blemishes next year. The problem is their defense. If the Chiefs can't stop other teams, they won't be able to get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. If other teams can run out the clock, like the Chiefs have been shown to start from behind in, in most games, and it takes a while for them to get hot into their Patrick Mahomes mode. But um, I, I just don't think that it's possible for their defense to get the key players they need to beat teams like the 49ers who are just getting better. They have such a good young core, not like veteran leaders like the Chiefs who are now going on, on other contracts. There, there's players on the team who are going to be expecting more money in the few coming years who haven't gotten the money they deserve. I do think Patrick Mahomes is one of a kind, but I do not think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to take up the amount of money that you say he will. So I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be paid immediately. He will get whatever the maximum is. Um, he will basically be handed a check and he will be able to write in his own amount because he is that valuable of a player. However, that does, and to your point, have ramifications for the Chiefs' defense. And so although I think Patrick Mahomes can win you any football game, I don't think he will win you any football game. And so while they will be considered as contenders next year, I do not think they will repeat. So I have to disagree with you guys because as Rodrigo said earlier, the, the Chiefs' player-voted MVP was Tyran Matthews. Tyron Matthew is back on the Chiefs next year. He is the most important part of their defense, and he is what holding their defense together. And as you guys know, in the beginning part of this season, in last year, the Chiefs' defense was not good. In the second part of this year, they started to become, you know, better, especially at stopping the run. But in the last year especially, not this year, last year, they were really bad defense. Not really bad, but they were not a good defense. And Patrick Mahomes, because he's Patrick Mahomes, because he's as good as he is, he was able to lead them to a pretty deep playoff run. So, and as we know, Patrick Mahomes has definitely matured in these past two years because that was technically his not his rookie season, but it was it was a, it was a full first full season that he had played. So I think Patrick Mahomes with his new maturity, with the defense that improved the past year, although they'll lose a few players, but they'll still have their core, and they still have a great offense. I think the Chiefs are definitely contenders, and I think they will win the Super Bowl. And to build on your point, Jacob, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes' maturity. And an argument could be made that Patrick, this is not the best we're ever going to see of Patrick Mahomes. This was only his second full season as a starter, and quarterbacks don't usually reach their prime until their fifth, sixth, or seventh season. So there's a very big possibility that Patrick Mahomes is only going to get better, which, by the way, is terrifying for the rest of the NFL. Also, as you brought up, Jacob, the Chiefs' defense doesn't need to be elite. Two years ago, as you mentioned, they were bad. And if not for D. Ford, who's no longer there, being offside on a key interception in the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs probably win that game and then go on to win the Super Bowl. And now we're looking at back-to-back Super Bowls. So, And also, we're not saying that we're guaranteeing the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. But the question was, is there a possibility that they can win? I think there definitely is because of their quarterback, because of their head coach, because of veteran experience on that team. And I think that if you look at Patrick Mahomes especially, he's only going to get better. 
That's where I disagree with you again. Defense wins games, not offense. I think that the Chiefs have a very special offensive core that is getting re-signed. But players like Bashad Reeland, who's a starting cornerback for the Chiefs, and Reggie Ragland, which is a starting linebacker, who are Super Bowl starters this year, are free agents. They can be signed to any team, and you bet there will be teams coming back with higher contracts than the Chiefs, which is why I think that the Chiefs, if they can't get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, he's just going to have to sit there on the bench while other teams run out the clock, and they're going to lose eventually. But you're, you, you can't deny the Chiefs' defense was bad two years ago, and Patrick Mahomes exactly. led the them to— The Chiefs' defense was bad, and they didn't win the Super Bowl last year. It yeah, doesn't but matter that's what pen- an offside It doesn't goal. matter what penalties. You can't have an offsides call determine the entire game. That's, that's, that's There was dumb. one minute left in the game, and they were— and Tom Brady threw an interception— and then after the play, they saw it that he lined up offsides. There was one minute left. The Chiefs were winning by four, and they could have easily run out the clock. And then they would have gone to the Super Bowl, and I think they would have won that game. Versus who? The Rams. I, I just don't I, – I think – I think – I still think that game still would have been a Chiefs L because of their defense. If they can't stop the other team on what? defense <laughs> – if they can't stop the other team on defense, they can't give Patrick Mahomes the ball back to do. I agree that Patrick Mahomes' the offense is still going to be unstoppable next year, possibly better than this year because Patrick Mahomes, even though he's a beastly godly player, still hasn't reached his prime. But I think without the defense that they played this year, they really stepped up. And I, I think that's the reason they want the Super Bowl, not their offense. Overnight, a massive – four-team, 12-player trade in the NBA. From the Rockets' perspective, they give Clint Capella to the Hawks and acquire Robert Covington from the T-Wolves. Jacob, what's your take on the trade? So, I'm going to be focusing on the Rockets' perspective of the trade since, you know, that's my team. But all I have to say is horrible, horrible trade. Clint Capella and James Harden have had chemistry for many years in Houston. And they play great together. They have amazing alley-oops, and I love watching them play. And the core of Russell Westbrook, Clint Capella, and James Harden was great. Then, they decided to get rid of Clint Capella and get Robert Covington. So, there's many reasons why this is bad. Number one, and the biggest reason, is the height difference on this team. But we have two players who are seven feet tall, and they are Isaiah Hartenstein and Tyson Chandler. Isaiah Hartenstein and Tyson Chandler. When we play the Lakers and we go up against Anthony Davis, and the next tallest is 6'8 and William Howard, who who even is that? Then we have Jordan Bell, who's okay, and then we have Robert Covington at 6'7. Who is going to – okay, do not tell me Tyson Chandler is going to cover Anthony Davis. We have no big man who is decent at the game. Clint Capella was good, and he was a solid center. We Our best center is um, probably Tyson Chandler, and he's seven feet tall, but he is so – he's not good. So we were missing someone at position. If we were going to trade for someone, we should have definitely traded for someone who was much bigger because now we have a giant hole, and if we're playing against someone who's tall and good, there's nothing we can do. So the only thing I would say to that, Jacob, is yes, you're right. When the If the Rockets have to go up against the Lakers, there's no way they're going to be able to stop Anthony Davis. If they go up against the Jazz, there's no way they're going to be able to stop Rudy Gobert. And if they come up against any solid big man, they're not going to be able to stop them because, as you mentioned, there is no height on that team. And Tyson Chandler is the only one there who's a shell of himself, and he's like 38, so he's just not going to be able to stop anybody at his age. However, I don't think Clint Capella was as valuable to this team as you make him out to be. Because the reality is, throughout these past two playoffs, and in many games, 
Clint Capella was an offensive liability in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, when you need shooters, when you need guys to space the floor, when you need guys to be able to make a clutch three and to be able to be hit free to be able to hit free throws, Clint Capella is just not that guy because he can't shoot to save his life. And often what happened late in games, the Rockets were down and they were storming back, but the other team would simply foul Clint Capella and Clint Capella couldn't make those free throws. So I don't necessarily think that the loss of Clint Capella is that big. Sure, it's going to hurt them defensively, but Robert Covington is a very solid defensive player. He's a very good three-point shooter. I think the way the Rockets make this work is they go out and they trade for another big man, someone who focuses purely on the defensive aspect of the ball so that they can stop those Anthony Davises in the playoffs. But otherwise, as you mentioned, this is going to be a big problem moving forward. So you mentioned Isaiah Hartenstein, and he just got called up from the G League, but he was playing very well this year, averaging 21 points and 14 rebounds a game. He was dominating. And so I think he he is a young prospect from Germany. I think he could be a future center of this team. I like the way he plays. He knows how to play the game. He knows how to play the position. And I think he would be the one to guard an Anthony Davis type. I feel like you guys are talking about this in a one-dimensional type. They're not just losing Clint Capella. They're, lo- they're losing Clint Capella. They're losing Nene. They're losing Gerald Green. And they're losing a first-round pick to just two teams. The problem with this is they're losing so many tall players in this team that now it's a small ball lineup. And no one's going to be able to catch lobs. And that was kind of the dominating offensive style that the, the, the Rockets have played in the past year. I, I do think that Jordan Bell will help this team. And Robert Covington will actually be a very good help on defense because he's a solid defensive player. And so is Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell showed on Golden State on those championship teams that in the clutch he can make defensive stops and score points, which is why I think that this trade isn't as as bad of a trade for the Rockets as many make it out to be. But I still do think the Rockets were in a desperate situation, which forced them to turn on uh, one of their players who has been loyal to them for many years and made the Rockets who they are, in addition to James Harden. But, yeah. I also would like to add on, I'm very sad that Gerald Green is gone. He was, like, he grew up in Houston. He was, like, very big on Houston. He even got um, the Rockets logo, like, braided into his hair. So, I feel like, I don't know. This is kind of awkward. This is kind of random, but I just felt really sad when I saw him leaving because he was was so loyal to the team. He loved him so much. So... This weekend, the first XFL season since 2001 will begin. And because the league lasted only one year, its last go-around, there have been many questions about its longevity and survival. And to answer those questions, Rodrigo. Well, I, I'm i sort of on the fence about whether the XFL will survive. I understand that there's definitely a lot of appeal because there are a lot of football fans out there. But... I'm not sure, you know, a lot of people thought the AAF would survive. Obviously, the AAF was around last year, and it was actually doing very well. It was pretty popular. Lots of people were tuning into their games, and some well-known players like Trent Richardson and Johnny Manziel were actually playing in the AAF. But what ultimately plagued the AAF was a lack of money. 
and not being able to spend money efficiently. And now I understand that Jim McMahon, who is the owner of the XFL, has a lot of money. And he will be able to fund this league through some of its early problems. But I still think that just any expansion football league is just too costly because of all the advertisement you have to do, because of how many players you have to keep on a roster, because all the medical fees, all the cost of keeping of having good trading conditions for the players. So I'm still doubtful about whether this league can survive, not to mention every single time there's an expansion league, there's a question about whether you're going to have superstars. Because in basically every sports league in the world, in the modern day, what drives leagues is superstars. Most fans now in modern day sports, they like a player more than they like a team. So when you have a league, that's sure, they might have some solid players, but they won't, they, there's no way they can get that college superstar who people are attached to from a very early age. I'm sort of skeptical about whether they can get some stars so, to get people attracted. So my main concern for it is kind of like what Rodrigo was saying. One of the things I'm concerned about, though, is that in most cases, I'd say that the NFL would almost take priority over the XFL. Like if there's a superstar who would be thinking about going to the XFL, if he's that good, there's a high likelihood that there's another team in the NFL that would be out after him trying to pick him up. But the other thing is, there are all these like diehard football fans who kind of hate other sports and just idolize football so much. That's one of the reasons why I think the XFL is going to get so much viewership. It's just because of the amount of football fans who want to watch something during the football offseason. Yeah, so I think the XFL is going to last definitely. There's a few reasons. Number one, as Rob mentioned, it's in the offseason. It's perfectly after the Super Bowl. So NFL fans are hungry for more football. They just got a big Super Bowl, and it kind of all died down. But now they're getting, you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, seven more months until football starts again. So them having this new league is very important, and I think that's going to be great for business. But I also, I love the new rule changes to the XFL. For example, there's a lot of the things that are, like, kind of boring about NFL right now. Like, for example, field goal kicking after you score a touchdown or extra points. Instead of doing that, the XFL will have it so that you line up and try to score a touchdown. And it depends on what point you start, like, at the 10-yard line or at the 5-yard line or at the uh, 2-yard line. We'll make it either a 1 or 2 or a 3-point try. So I definitely think that that adds a lot more excitement to the game. And I think it's something new and fresh. So I think in the beginning it'll do very well. However, I do believe it'll hit a point where people start to you know, not find it as exciting. But I do believe it will be able to survive, just not as big as many people think it will be. Well, one of the things I have to say about it is that with the new rule changes, there are also some rules that aren't as, like, fun to watch. For example, the kickoffs, where both teams line up on the 35 and they have a kicker all the way back at the 50, I think, or something like that, and they have their turner back at the end zone. And so they, like, the line, or the people who are on the line have to wait until the ball gets kicked and goes past them to start like trying to block and get through to get to the kicker. And one of the most fun things to watch on kickoffs is all the monstrous hits. But I guess it's kind of good that they're getting rid of that because there will be less injuries from that.